0: comes Estrada Illusions. We are back in the Rankin-Bass extended universe. We are covering yet another of their uh, wonderful stop-motion classics. I know it's been kind of tradition on this show to rag on uh, the old stop-motion, which we're going to keep doing in this one, but let me just say that it's not really Christmas without this old stop motion. I mean, we don't see stop motion animation really practically anything anymore. It's very rare. That's why something like uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox is so fabulous. Fantastic is fabulous. That's great. At least I didn't say it was uh, fantastic. Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> and uh, it was less than 24 hours ago. I was about to watch uh, Rudolph's Shiny New Year in preparation for that episode. And I, I, I gotta tell you, I felt a little sad. I didn't want I didn't want our Christmas coverage to end, I didn't, I, basically I wanted to keep watching these stop motion, my partner Tara hates them, she does not like spending uh, our evenings watching them, which basically I would have to watch them in the middle of the day by myself, and it's not as fun to watch Christmas things by herself, but I was thinking like, okay, Why don't we get really weird, why don't we do some of the more obscure ones, and we can do podcasts about that, because honestly, these stop motion animation ones stay popular all year long. There are people, there are people listening, who will be listening in the middle of June to a podcast about the little drummer boy. That's the reality, and I I understand that this is December when I'm recording it, but if you're listening to it in June, you're just hearing me, that's basically like I recorded it that day, I hear you. You're not wrong for wanting to watch a Christmas thing in the middle of June. Listen to a Christmas podcast and at a time when it's uh, not at all Christmas. This stuff is fun. And actually, I mean, well, this is a Christmas narrative, I guess. Uh, it is, I mean, kind of the funny thing with all this Christmas stuff. We laugh, we make jokes about how, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season. I mean, to be clear, I mean, this This is, Christmas at least, is you, you you could say that uh, Christmas itself was appropriated from uh, pagan holidays. You could say that Jesus was uh, not actually born in December. That's all true. But Christmas is something that, that bears his name, or I don't know where Christ fits in on his birth certificate, but... It is, I'll say this, it is funny and it is fun when a special like this really does lean into the religious aspects because it's, uh... It, it, they do so with uh, about as mixed results as something like Rudolph, Shiny New Year, which uh, we, we, we got into that narrative trend rack. I'll also say this about The Little Drummer Boy. It's actually... Uh, it's a little silly, the plot, but it's actually pretty solid. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that this special is only 25 minutes long, so they're not trying to pad it out with a lot of filler. There's no... Nineteen seventy six style parade in this special. There's nothing that is just so out of left field. They don't stop and tell the story of Goldilocks and the three bears. Like Rudolph's Shiny New Year. For a special that that seemed like it was so jam packed as it was, the more you watch it, the more you're like, okay, they're really they're really just trying to pad out this this narrative. It's it's pretty ridiculous. But that's not the case with this one. And I guess what also makes the little drummer boy so fascinating is that Aaron, our protagonist, is, I mean, he's kind of a dick. He's he's misanthropic. He had a bad lot in life. We can understand where Aaron is coming from. The narrator does a pretty good job explaining why Aaron hates people. And yet, this special, I mean, it really goes out of its way multiple times to uh, explain that, yes, Aaron hates humanity for what was done to him. And he does so in a way that a man, um, I, I, Aaron is ostensibly the protagonist, but we have uh, Ben Haramid, who, uh, Jose Farrar, uh, I mean, he does a fabulous job. With, he's probably the best uh, uh, voice actor in, in this. He's got a deep, uh, rich voice that kind of helps make Ben uh, a bit of a, I don't want to say multifaceted character. He's He's not really. He's also not the most evil character. So, quick rundown for people who are not familiar with the plot of this special. Uh, putting aside, I'm not really sure why anyone who is not. For- I mean, if you really love Vestro Illusions, you want to hear me rail on a 1968 special. Uh, okay, uh, uh, sure. But uh, this is. So, Aaron is a boy who lives. He has his. Uh- He's traveling the desert. He hates people, and yet he's railing on his three animals to smile and to give more of an effort toward a performance. Uh, they're, they're going through the desert by themselves. It's not really clear what uh, who they're supposed to be performing for. And he has uh, Samson the donkey. There's Baba the lamb, who I guess, because of, <sighs> Baba is described as a lamb. Baba has got to be a sheep at this point. I mean, the timeline of things is not necessarily clear. We also have Joshua the Campbell, some uh, great names, uh, all, I want to say all biblical. I'm struggling on what Baba the Lamb came from. Uh, Joshua was obviously uh, Moses' uh, second in command successor, heir apparent. And then uh, Samson, for people like me who uh, transitioned, I mean pre transition People would always say, Why don't you get a haircut? I said, I'm very worried about uh ending up like Samson. You cut my hair. I don't know what'll happen. But, uh, so Aaron has these. Uh, these are three uh, sole surviving farm animals from his family. It's described as a farm. They do have a flashback scene. It doesn't look like much of a farm. But, uh,. Aaron had lived happily with his parents until they were killed by bandits who, uh, came from the desert, uh, stole some livestock, killed some livestock, and burned the farm down. And Aaron, Samson the donkey, Bob the lamb, and Joshua the camel all escaped. And we also learn that, that Aaron hating people kind of predates the, the major tragedy in his life, the murder of his, uh, parents, but he hated. He he didn't really connect with people until his parents got him a drum. And that drum, I mean, he he got his drum and uh, he he had a gift. Animals would uh, dance and they'd listen to him. And I don't know. I mean, that's 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 his that's his that's his deal. That's they're they 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 have made a twenty five minute TV special uh, based on a song, and. It, it doesn't really, there's, there's no, there's no verse in the Little Drummer Boy, the song that describes Aaron's family getting killed, it doesn't name Aaron, why did the animals dance, I don't know, they don't go into that, it's, let's just accept that for what it is. <laughs> What's funny though, I mean, he's known, he's known as much, he's a desert, he's a, he's de- essentially just sort of a wanderer, I mean, guess what, I mean, he's kind of a nomad, People wandered the desert back then, you know. Caravans—they would travel. That's that's often what they did. And actually, not to take us outside of the little drummer boy, but one thing I always—I I bring up every year—makes my sister laugh, makes my parents, uh, my grandfather roll their eyes. But uh, the subject of—I mean, most people can kind of accept that the nativity narrative that's in the Bible and that's described and celebrated, all of that uh, there are some, some creative liberties with reality. I mean, we don't really know exactly what happened. We weren't there. Uh, nobody made a TikTok video about it, but we do know a lot of stuff from back then. And we know it because of the Romans who were very, very good at keeping records. A lot of what we know about ancient history comes from the Romans because they were very smart and they had the idea that people in the future would want to know what happened to them. And this special makes note of the fact that, according to the narrative, the Emperor Caesar Augustus demanded uh, for tax purposes everybody go to their father's home to be counted, a census. Now, there is no real record of a census ever happening and uh, we, we, uh, around this time that would have led... Uh, people like uh, Joseph and Mary, that would have taken them from Nazareth to Jerusalem. There isn't a record of that. There isn't a record of Caesar Augustus ordering that. It is also very far-fetched to expect back then people who... I mean, guess what? There weren't airlines back then. You didn't have frequent flyer miles. Traveling was very difficult. You tended not to to go too far away from where you lived because if you went too far and you were gone for too long it tended to be that when you got back your stuff wasn't really your stuff anymore your land wasn't really your land there were people back there were people who would come and take your stuff back then people didn't really travel all that far they traveled as far as they needed to go and typically when they had to go very far they did not come back that's just that's just kind of and i'm not i'm not speaking in absolutes here but what i am saying is it would be pretty preposterous for the Roman Empire to demand something like this of its people. If you're thinking about this for, for tax purposes, and this is what obviously what they would want, it would be very stupid. It would be a very stupid way to get taxes out of people by basically uh, throwing a major wrench in their supply chain by saying, "Hey, abandon your stuff, take everything, and just leave." Like it, it, that. That whole. That whole story is a lo- Is 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 pr- frankly a load of bullshit. Okay, and that doesn't mean you can't celebrate the nativity or all of that. But just accept that it's a lot. Of- this is just really is. It is what it is. It's a story. It's a fun story. You can enjoy the story. It's, it's a hell of a lot of fun to tell a child. I remember really liking to hear about this stuff. I performed in my church's pageant. I was Joseph. I didn't get to be Mary, sadly. Uh, I did actually get to be Mary for uh, my uh, one of my uh, off-campus apartments in college. Uh, we did a Christmas card. I got to be Mary then. That was fun. Uh, it wasn't a pageant, but anyway. I mean, the special the special starts with the with the calling of the senses. So uh, yeah, this takes place in the. It is an immediate prequel to the birth of Jesus. This the little drummer boy. So Aaron is wandering, and he's performing for an audience of, of none, essentially. But he does. Ben Haramid and his unnamed... I lo- I spent a little bit of time before this trying to look up who his consigliere's name is. It's not said. It's not credited. There is... There's somebody on the IMDb credited with various voices, so we'll just go with that. Uh, so... Ben Haramid knows Aaron, knows that Aaron will not join his uh, traveling caravan willingly, knows that Aaron hates people, which, uh, it makes me think of how small is this desert that various nomads know exactly who each other, they know exactly who the other people are. Aaron has a reputation for being misanthropic, I mean, my god, and this is a world presumably where there are bandits, and yet Ben Haramid is a man who's hating on a kid with a drum, because of his reputation as somebody who doesn't like people, so Ben attacks, and the, I mean, there's a little bit of a fight. And I guess at first, if you if you're watching Little Drummer Boy for the first time, it's very easy to walk away from that situation thinking that Ben has uh, enslaved Aaron against his will. He's put his consigliere put uh, a rope around the camel's neck. Aaron gets tied up. It looks pretty bad. And yet, Ben does essentially kind of present it as a partnership. He says, you know, we can be rich together. And and Ben actually kind of has a good idea. He says, there are people who are going to go to this town, Bethlehem, to be counted. And when they're there, they're going to be bored. And what do bored people want to do? They want entertainment. And they want to spend money on entertainment. So he's got this idea that he's going to take his caravan there and make some money by entertaining the people who are waiting to be counted. That's a, I mean that's actually honestly, in terms of all of the plots that are put forth by specials like this, this is probably one of the more reasonable ideas. It's it's not like you're sending a a, a, a young reindeer with a shiny nose to go to go to the archipelagos and, and uh, islands and, and save time. This is actually this is actually a pretty reasonable plot. And, I mean, look, we should probably look at Ben as a pretty bad guy. He's kind of likable. The voice acting is great. Uh, Aaron, it helps. It helps a lot, and maybe it shouldn't help, but it does, that Aaron is also himself incredibly unlikable. He is, I mean, guess what? Misanthropic people tend to be pretty unlikable. But it, it it creates an opening for Ben, who enslaves Aaron against his will, to actually come out ahead. And you're kind of like, well, Aaron is pretty good with the drum. They could make a lot of money. It's not like he's really. I I, I don't want to. I, I, I hate to side. I, I hate to side with somebody like Ben in this kind of situation. It's you shouldn't want to and yet at the same time i'm kind of like eh, not not the worst guy in the world i i don't blame him he wanted to make a buck capitalism uh, is it i'm willing to admit that that it's it's not the greatest situation and i don't i don't feel 100% good about siding with ben but here we are and <laughs> so we get a flashback basically explaining how Aaron hates people Aaron for his part i mean he He's not, he's not super against being with Ben. And he's a performer, so I mean, he's, he's, maybe he's going to, maybe he wants to go make money, I, I don't know, so we get a flashback. I don't know, maybe, maybe now is a good point to talk about the animation. Because, with Rudolph's Shiny New Year, this is 1968, Rudolph's Shiny New Year was 1976, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was 1964, you see a lot of—this is—the Little Drummer Boy is not one of their best in terms of the quality of the animation. The stop-motion is incredibly rough. The, the characters—I mean, they, they, they look very unpolished. And you know, I mean, I don't really have a problem with that. This is not—like, the world building in something like The Year Without a Santa Claus is so rich and fun. Like, you, you'd, you'd want that to have sort of a more advanced style of animation? This, I mean, I don't know. It, is it a, it's not really a problem, but it is also probably worth noting that, especially for the era, this is one of their shittier animation jobs. I mean, I, this, this this, special also premiered in Canada. Maybe, I don't know, it's hard to say. In, in, in the later years of the Rankin-Bass uh, Act... Not just later years. Rudolph was, uh, I believe, produced in Japan. Uh, Chinese New Year, that is. So, I mean... I, this is a studio that did tend to do things on the cheap. Uh, maybe they did so here. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, we do know that the animation does kind of suck. But... Uh, I, I I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I, I, the more I talk about this... I almost feel like an a, internal desire to defend it a bit. And I don't know what it is. I'm not a religious person. I grew up... In a religious family, I I don't go to church anymore. I do really like biblical stories. I like biblical, I like the historical context behind biblical uh, narratives. And I I like, I even, I've read a lot of books about the Gnostic gospel. Like, I know my, I, 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 am not just approaching this from like a skeptic who was raised Catholic and is like, nope, actually, I don't care anymore. I, I've read, I read books. I like, I like this stuff. It's fun. And maybe I like Ben because I mean he delivered one. He delivered probably the the best line of the whole special. Better to be crowd. So Aaron doesn't want to go to bath because it's crowded. He doesn't really like people, just likes performing for nobody. And he says, Ben says, it's better to be crowded and rich than crowded and poor. No fucking shit. It's better to be crowded and rich than crowded and poor. How about rich and not crowded? you know, you're supposed to say, like, it's better to be a uh, small fish in a big pond than a big fish in a little pond. You're not supposed to say it's better to be a big fish in a big pond than a big fish in a small pond. You're supposed to, you're supposed to switch things up a little bit. You're not supposed to say, yeah, if, if, if the circumstances, if it's going to be crowded either way, it is obvious that it's better to be rich within that stagnant context than to be poor in that same stagnant context, so there we go, so we go to Bethlehem, and, uh, well, let's cover the flashback briefly, we go back to, we go to Aaron's family, and, uh, we learn, we learn that he didn't always hate humans, but he did kind of, Aaron gets mad, he, he takes a vow, kind of like Batman takes a vow to wage war on crime, but, uh, he vows to hate humans, I mean, that's pretty fucked up, I say that as somebody who's been the subject of thousands upon thousands of uh, angry, transphobic, uh, abusive comments. Do I hate humans? Of course not. I love humans. But Aaron, who—I mean, Aaron kind of does seem to see the sense in performing. He's asking, like, when do I go on? He's told to smile more, which is something he told his own camel— he gets makeup. I mean, guess what? If you're performing, you need makeup. Another reason to like Ben. I mean, Ben seems to know how to produce a, sh- a street show. He seems to be pretty good at his job. And he knows that his other performer sucks, so he, he knows that Aaron is his top draw. And Aaron uh, Aaron's doing a good job. People are, uh, people are having fun. And uh, then he gets angry, and he lashes out at them, and he says that they're thieves. And he's raging, basically because of what they did to his family. Which is a total mess. And actually, to give Ben some more credit, it's not like he gets that angry that Aaron completely torpedoed his payday. I mean, he points out that he cost him a lot of money, but he's he's really... He's not that mad about it. I don't... I I gotta say, Ben is actually... I When we do the MVP, I think Ben is the MVP here. Although, I say that. So... They're traveling again, and they they come upon the trail of the Magi, and they see how much money. There's a bright star in the sky that they're that they're uh, all tracking, which obviously is uh is, Okay, they were performing in Jerusalem, not Bethlehem. I may have said Jerusalem. Ah, uh, they're on their way to Bethlehem with the star, and I gotta wonder how, how quickly these people are traveling around. The timeline is something that uh, I have been wondering about because uh baba is is shown to be a lamb and yet escape from we're, we're not really clear how much time has passed between the death of aaron's parents and now we, i got it, it, from just the taking a guess it doesn't seem like it's been that long and yet with rudolph shiny new year we also saw that was a direct sequel that at the end, it was basically like, "Well, you don't remember my story that should have happened basically less than a week ago." They're not; these people are not the best at timelines. Let's just uh, put that out there. So they see the Magi, and they go. And Ben wants to make money. He wants to perform for the rich people. They have a lot of money to spend, but they're busy. They're in a rush, and they're racing to get to the to, to follow the star. They don't want Ben. They don't want any dancing animals. They don't want to hear some drummer boy. But actually, they do need an extra camel because, I mean, we, we haven't heard. So the, the Magi bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which, uh, you know, gold is valuable. Frankincense has some value. Myrrh is actually, it's kind of like an embalming thing. So uh, for somebody like Jesus, who was born to a carpenter's family, Joseph, uh, myrrh, Myrrh, funeral, guess what, even funerals back then cost a lot of money, too. They're expensive, and a lot of, uh, families in Joseph's type of situation wouldn't have been able to afford myrrh, so giving the gift of myrrh is, is kind of like ensuring that his family would be able to give, uh, I guess presumably Joseph a proper burial, or maybe Jesus, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a, it, it's a gift, uh, it's a gift with the understanding that, uh, You know, this is something that somebody in Jesus' position would probably not be able to afford for themselves. Although, I guess, they're also given a lot of gold to buy that. I don't know. It's an interesting gift. But uh, the camels are not able to uh, hold the weight of all of their stuff. They're they're traveling. They didn't get a U-Haul. Their camels are uh, stressed. So Ben sells Joshua the camel to the Magi. And Aaron is really upset about it. I mean, it's not like Aaron is that mad at Ben for doing that. Ben offers—oh, he's pretty mad. And he won't take any gold from Ben. Ben is willing to give him the gold. Ben was also willing to free Aaron after they performed for the Magi. So, I mean, Ben is not the most unreasonable person here. And I say that Ben did just sell Joshua the camel. So, I mean, not the nicest guy but, I don't know, he's, he's kind of a complex guy. So, no, he's not. I mean, he does suck, but we're, we're just going to acknowledge the fact that maybe he's kind of fun. So, Aaron leaves with Samson and Baba to track, to track, uh, he's also tracking the star, and uh, he wants to get his camel back. What's funny is that the, I mean, they spent, gold is, is obviously valuable. Camels, livestock are also valuable, especially in the desert. And yet, when Aaron gets to Bethlehem, I mean, he gets his camel back. He, Joshua comes back in about—he just basically whistles for him. Nobody cares. Joshua gets up and is like, oh, "I'm back! Yay!" And that's—that's that's just the way it goes. And nobody—nobody nobody has any problem with any of that. Is that kind of a plot hole? I mean, maybe. But the more ridiculous thing is, they're in Bethlehem, and uh, just out of nowhere. I mean, if you're walking down in the middle of a street and a car comes by, you would probably uh, assume that that's probably a natural thing that would happen. But, I mean, the, it's it's nighttime, and uh, they just get kind of hit with a drive-by chariot. And Baba gets hit and is suddenly near death. And Joshua is, is very upset about it. And there's this huge crowd. I mean, I'm trying to think in traditional christmas pageant narratives it it does it is the case that i mean uh, that the people in in bethlehem i think it's specifically shepherds are made aware of jesus's presence an angel comes it's like oh this baby will uh save the world all of that i i don't i think the crowd that's there in the little drummer boy is probably a little unrealistic but uh I don't know, I, let's not call that the biggest plot hole in the world. And uh, so, Aaron takes, so Baba gets hit. He takes his injured lamb to the Magi, saying like, you know, you're wise, please help my lamb. The Magi is, is not questioning that the camel that they paid good, good gold for Presumably, is, did that? Did the gold that the Magi paid Ben for the camel? Did that come out of what was given to Jesus? I, it's never made clear. Uh, it's an interesting question. The Magi looks is presumably not a vet, and Aaron is. Uh, we've got this wounded lamb that Aaron has picked up. I mean, when somebody gets injured, you're not really supposed to move them immediately. Now Aaron doesn't. Aaron is a skilled drummer, but he does not have EMT training. He doesn't exactly know. This Magi is, is presumably not a vet either, but is able to tell that of the Lamb is uh, near death. The Magi can't do anything, but hey, the Magi says, maybe this baby can help you. This Magi is only a mortal king, but Jesus is immortal. This baby, you know, he's just been born... But maybe if you go up to this woman who's just given birth, it's, it's a manger. It's an outdoor barn type setting. She's, she's just given birth in it to, uh, and her husband who traveled all this way. It's not his kid. Uh, you know, the solution here is you know, they've just given birth, but hey, let's interrupt this so I can pound on my drum until you uh, heal my dying lamb. That is, uh, the climax of this special. But, I don't know, they sing the song, they tie- It's reverse-engineered, this whole special, to get us to this point where he's pounding on the drum, and, uh, the lamb's healed. Baby Jesus- I think Baby Jesus probably just healed Baba the Lamb to get them to get the fuck out of there, because who would- Who would want- Just- just go to the maternity go to the maternity ward, go to a, a hospital with a drum and see how popular you are after about five minutes pounding on that thing, walking through the halls. And yet he's doing it I don't know. I, I guess the biggest problem with the way that this special sort of wraps up it takes a little drummer boy which it's kind of like, I have no gift for you, so I'm just going to pound on this. I'm in awe of your presence. I, I want to give you something, but I don't have anything to give you. That's kind of the gist of the Little Drummer Boy. That gets transformed into, actually, I don't have anything to give you, but hang on. I want something in return. I want you to heal Baba the Lamb. So I'm going to play, and if you like it, please leave me a tip in the form of healing my lamb. That is the little drummer boy the little drummer boy gets transformed into a transactional narrative it's it's capitalism saying you know you can't altruism especially and jesus is supposed to be the greatest altruist there ever was but actually he can't be an altruist because somebody who is going to give him a gift needs to have something in return that is uh the theme of this special you can't just you can't just redeem christ christ alone can't make you see the good in humanity It can't say to aaron hey stop hating people because i was just born in this dirty manger i got all these gifts you should just look at me and be happy and stop hating people no i have to heal your land so that's uh that's where we're at on that that is uh, it's bizarre it's bizarre that they chose to take this kind of approach to the story but uh I don't know, I'll say this, the convergence of, you know, the heavy religious theme about 18, 19 minutes into a 25-minute special, it happens fairly seamlessly. Other ones, it comes, I'm thinking of, uh, there's a Disney Plus special, small one, which, well, it's not a Disney Plus special, it came out in the 70s, it's on Disney Plus. We were going to do a podcast about that, Tara and I together, it's one of my childhood favorites, but, uh, then we had to do the Muppets, so uh, that'll probably get bumped to next year. That that kind of following Nestor the Christmas Donkey, which we may or may not do this year. I don't want to promise anything. Uh, that's also a twenty minute one. It, it, we have this theme where it's kind of like, okay, we'll give you this narrative. We'll give you we'll give the narrative a bit of uh, space to run. We'll have a, a you know, Aaron will go and perform for the people in Jerusalem. But it's really all in service to, hang on, just wait for it. We will lay down the Jesus in the third act. The Jesus will appear. And that's what Small One does, that's what Nestor does, that's what this one does. I don't know, it, it's not the most heavy-handed thing. It, it, it is pretty heavy-handed, but the delivery... Ah, uh, they got they got the landing. They got the landing pretty well, I think. It may, I, I think. I think that's entirely due to the fact that Special doesn't overstay its welcome. It does get a little weird when they're talking about how... This little laughter of this baby is way better than—and I wrote this down exactly—the eons of sadness and cruelty and desolation that had come. This is a really—I mean, this is heavy. You know, uh, the—the—killing all Aaron's parents, I mean, Disney does that. This is pretty heavy-handed— I don't, I don't know you you can't really explain to little kids eons of sadness and cruelty does a little child even in 1978 know what 1968 know what uh, desolation is I don't I don't know the desolation of smog Rankin Bass did you uh, did you a Hobbit special which we're not covering uh, their animation I, plenty of people love that stuff I don't know that's weird uh, Blessed are the pure at heart I mean I don't know this is it's solid this is of all the of all the stop motion specials that come on come on TV every year, I gotta say this is really not as bad as a lot of them. This is this is a pretty decent uh pretty decent special. Uh, doesn't overstay its welcome. T- terrible animation, weird ending, weird characters. Uh, we're gonna give the MVP to uh we're gonna give the MVP to Ben for. Being funny and uh, not really being the most abusive kidnapper on the planet Earth. I mean, he was—he he ended up to be a, a, a decent. A de- I was about to say a decent man, decently solid. That's not really a word. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Is it, it, is okay? He's not the worst guy on the planet Earth. And then for least MVP, probably. I mean, who's driving a chariot at night like that? That's gonna hit a poor lamb like Baba. I don't know. He didn't yell. Aaron, let Baba. I, Aaron is probably the worst character, which is fine. He's a little drummer boy. Uh, he's a terrible protagonist. I don't. I, it's, it's hard to believe that this special's lasted uh, in the public uh, sphere for since 1968. Went with a protagonist as bad as he is, so it's kind of a mess. Um, let's rank the uh, animals. Uh, as Samson the donkey doesn't really do anything, but, uh, uh, Baba gets hit, and, uh, I don't know, I guess, I guess probably Joshua the Camel, who gets sold, but knows his true master, comes back, uh, evades, doesn't, doesn't, the major, I don't stop him, I don't know, maybe there are a lot of heroes of the special, but probably not, but, uh, I don't know, we'll, we'll say that there are, this is, this is a weird one, but, uh, I don't know, I think I'm probably out of, uh, things to say about... Little Drummer Boy, uh, there are worse specials you could, uh, you could... I mean, the special preaches that all hatred is wrong. What's there to hate about that? Anyway, uh, we're gonna keep doing... I got more ranking Bass to get through today... So uh, we're going to end this uh, episode. Uh, we have a lot of other Christmas stuff, uh, fun episodes. If you're looking for some merriment, if you're at work or you're on a commute, you want to hear somebody talk about an old special, a rail on, uh You want to hear somebody with a master's degree talk about children's specials. Uh, Estrada Illusions has got you covered. pa rum bum 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 rum bum 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 we brought this podcast for you. ba bum 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 You thought I'd make it through the whole special without saying this. ba bum 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 This has diminishing returns. ba bum 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 Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. ba rum bum bum we